Read for our text tonight from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 8. I'll read verse 36. That's St. John 8, verse 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. The basic human desire to truly been free, it's probably one of the most sought-after endeavors throughout all of history, and many leaders and speakers, scientists, psychologists, revolutionists are forever quoted on this topic of, of what it means to be free. Albert Einstein said, everything that is really great and inspiring is created by the individual who can labor in freedom. Franklin Roosevelt said, in the truest sense, freedom cannot be bestowed, it must be achieved. Nelson Mandela is quoted as saying, for to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. And of course, President Ronald Reagan is famously quoted as saying, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. So we do know that many throughout the ages, they've They've given their life for what they perceived to be freedom. It's no doubt looked different uh, within different periods of history. It's looked different within different cultures, different time frames. It's, it's looked different between different governments. Through, uh, throughout our history, American history, I read that about 1.3 million individuals have given their life in order for us to maintain the measure or the amount of freedom that we enjoy today here in our country. And in fact, that number, 1.3 million, that's close to the total number of service individuals in the military today. I read where researchers have determined or identified for all people everywhere, all cultures, there are 16 basic desires that humanity has. And on one list, number two was independence, or we could say individual independence, or I think we could say individual freedom. So it's very apparent that people everywhere, throughout all of history, there's this quest to be free. The original word used by the Apostle John here the first time in our text uh, that's translated as free, it's used just seven times throughout the Bible. And there are many other places in the scripture where we read the word free, in which it's another word. But this particular word really stood out to me. The original for the word free that John uses means to liberate. It means to deliver to exempt from moral or mortal liability. And we know that Jesus is really talking about the very height of what it means to be free. The greatest freedom of all. There's no greater, or we could say, superior freedom to that of life 
in Jesus Christ. The very height of freedom is life in Christ. The very height of living is what Jesus provides for you and for me now in this life. And we can see as we delve into it here into the life to come. If we look, I believe, at some of the other instances in the scripture where this same word is used, we can look at the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 22. I think it gives us insight as to what this type of freedom might be. Remember, it means to liberate or to deliver. Romans, chapter 6, verse 22, he says, but now being made free from sin. It's very clear that he's not talking about a life continuing in sin because the original means to liberate or to deliver. He says, being made free from sin and become servants to God. And he's going on to also what the word means. Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. You see, he's saying that is true freedom to be free from sin to serve God and ultimately to have everlasting life. Earlier in this chapter, Romans 6, verse 18, he says, this is another instance where this word is used, being then made free from sin. It sounds victorious. Ye became the servants of righteousness. It sounds like you passed or we passed from death unto life, unto a way of righteousness and holiness free from sin. In Romans chapter 8, verse 2, he writes, For the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Death no more. The sting of death no more. Everlasting life. Life in Christ he's talking about. Romans eight twenty one, And in one other instance, it's translated as delivered. He says, Because the creature itself also shall be delivered. From the bondage, that's the key, from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And didn't we experience that at salvation? We were delivered from the bondage. We were delivered from chains. And how glorious it was in liberty to become the sons and the children of God. Paul, in writing to the Galatians, using this word again, he says, in chapter 5, verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So I believe this is giving insight into what Jesus brings us out of. What he delivers us from. The chains of sin, utter bondage darkness that we felt, the convicting hand of God. He says, Paul, to the Galatians, don't go back there. Don't be wrapped up again. Don't take on those chains of bondage again. In chapter 8 of, of St. John, we find the Lord having a discussion with many, including the, the scribes and the Pharisees. And, and really, ultimately, if you read through the chapter, it reaches a boiling point. By the end of the chapter, in verse 59, after they heard all that the Lord had said, chapter 8, verse 59, it says, Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself, and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. But what led them to such outrage? 
to want to take the life of the Lord. In verse 3 of chapter 8, the scribes and the Pharisees, they bring a woman taken in adultery, and, and we know the account where they set him before the Lord. And their question to him was, what do we do with her? Do we follow the law? And Jesus, of course, famously seemed to ignore them as they stood there, and he stooped down and he wrote on the ground, and, and they, of course, wondered. We don't know exactly what the Lord wrote. It, it does say that Jesus then said to them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. Well, some believe that maybe he was writing down some of their secret sins. Because it, it says in verse 9, And they which heard it, of course they were seeing the Lord right on the ground, being convicted by their own conscience. What were they reading? Went out one by one, beginning at the eldest. It's like he started at the oldest one there, even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Of course, we know as they all left, Jesus saw that woman, and ultimately he says to her, go and sin no more. We're talking about deliverance. We're talking about new life in Christ. We're talking about the ultimate freedom that it is to live in a life in, with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the ultimate freedom to sin no more, to not continue in sin, to have victory. In verse 12, verses 12 through 30, Jesus begins by making another de declaration that the Pharisees had a real problem with. He says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Immediately the Pharisees disagree with him. Right after he says it. We have a problem with that. Well, they were in their own bondage, we might say. They were bound by the law. They were bound by tradition. They were bound by running around... Uh, judging everybody. They were bound by, we might say, the flesh. They were in shackles. They were in their own chains. And there is no freedom. There is no victory when we live a life as the Pharisees lived. So Jesus gets to the very point of living in freedom in verses 31 through 38, going on in verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, verse 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is what he was getting at. This was uh, the point that he was trying to make. He was trying to make it to the scribes and the Pharisees, those who were lifty, listening. And in fact, this is the seventh location in Scripture where that word free, that original word that we have talked about, to liberate, to deliver, to exempt from moral or mortal liability, he's talking about freedom from sin. He's talking about breaking the yoke of bondage. He's talking about a victorious life in Christ each and every day. We must never forget that Jesus delivers. We must never forget what it was the night when we can point back to a time and a place in which the shackles of sin were broken in our hearts and in our lives. We must experience that. There's no greater miracle than to be freed from sin. Usually, this particular quote by the Lord is, we might say misquoted, 
A lot of times on government buildings or in general, you'll hear it quoted, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But there's more here. This is conditional. If we read earlier in verse 31, right before that, Jesus said, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So he says, if you do this, then you are my, my disciples indeed. And he points to his word. And then he goes on to say, and ye shall know the truth. That's how we'll know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. The truth shall liber liberate you. It shall deliver you. It shall exempt you from moral and more, excuse, excuse me, moral and mortal liability. That's eternal life. And really in our text tonight, the Lord is doubling down on this. If the Son therefore shall make you free, he says, ye shall be free indeed. I remember the night I prayed. And I remember the darkness I felt in my heart. And the despair I felt in my heart. And I'll tell you, I felt like there was no way out. I was trying in my own strength. But when the Spirit of God came down and touched me in my soul, I was made free. I was liberated. I was given a taste of eternal life. And, and you can point back to that time and that place in which the Lord did that as well. And we thank God for that. If you want freedom, you need an experience with the Lord. Do not quit praying until you have experienced the liberating power there is by way of the blood of Jesus. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from conviction. Freedom from condemnation. Ultimately, freedom from your past sins. You no longer need to live in your past sins, but you can live a life in Christ. He says, the Son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. What power there is in the blood of Jesus. What a hope of heaven that we have. You want to talk about freedom. You want to talk about being liberated. You want to talk about victory. It's life with Christ forever. And so we want to ask you tonight, do you know that you have freedom from your sins? Do you know that you've been liberated? Have you been given that victory that you've heard about or that we've talked about or that you've read about? You need to point back to a time and a place in which Jesus saved you, in which the Son made you free, in which you knew, I am free and I am free indeed. Jesus will do that for you. If you're at home and you're listening in, drop to your knees Ask the Lord for forgiveness. If you're in a place of playing a Christian and you're not, drop to your knees. Ask for forgiveness. Jesus will save you. He will give you life. He will liberate you. He will give you victory. He'll break the chains of sin. You'll have life everlasting beginning here and for all eternity. Let's have a time to pray. The song is 602. Come out and pray.